0: You are listening to The Chartographers.
1: Hello! Everybody, you are listening to The Chartographers. Uh, it is a music loving podcast for music loving people where we take every single album by a particular artist and we rank it worst to best and forget the rest. Taryn's doing hand gestures as I do this, you know, for ASL listeners that can't see his hand gestures. It's
0: very rhythmic. (laughs) (laughs) I can assume... The rhythm
1: of that sentence—you can feel the, the rhythm it of the so night—so many times. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate your
2: artistic
1: information. All right, <laughs> our guest appreciates our interpretive dances that we've been doing. And hey, guys, listen, uh, this is the penultimate artist that we're doing this season, second to last, uh, which is crazy because this season has been going on and it has been brilliant. And thank you so much. And you know what? The great thing is, is that in 2017, the world was kind of really shitty in a lot of different ways. But the one, you know, one saving grace that happened was that like the music gods decided to get together. I'm like, hey. Hey, you know every artist you've ever loved that hasn't put out an album. Let's have them all put out an album. How about that? How does that sound? So these long dormant artists, like fucking Gorillaz and fucking uh, Arcade Fire, and, Lord and yeah. j- like every single art,
0: even like people who are on their usual cycles. Like yeah. it- it's just been it's just been. Gosh, gosh, yeah, Kesha, Kesha, exactly. Kesha! put out one this like, year! We've had, we have had tons of huge artists that haven't put out albums in four, seven, mm-hmm. ten years are just like, well, it's time. Yep,
1: and so, and one of them, I couldn't believe it when it happened, but this is a group that I have loved for so goddamn long and have a little bit of history with, but they, guys, you know them, you love them, they are basically the penultimate ultimate uh, not ultimate, they're the ultimate, uber, uh, supergroup of Canadian, like, indie rock, etc. They are so many members together with so many projects and so many albums and styles and songs. That's right, guys, we're talking about the one, the only, the band with so many members, they have their own Canadian zip code. That's right, guys, we are talking about broken social scene. Uh, possible hustle if you're nasty. So, a broken social scene... Uh, it is basically, I mean, it, it, the core, 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 core elements is two guys, uh, Kevin Drew and uh, Brendan Canning. Uh, they've been writing ambient crazy shit for years, they've been doing stuff, but the thing is that they, as they started like going out of their initial group, KC Accidental, they eventually decided to form Broken Social Scene because they have so many talented friends, like, oh, you could do a violin thing here, you can do a little bit of drumming here, so they
0: gradually,
1: yes? Just
0: quick amendment, <laughs> Brendan Canning was not in Casey Accidental. Uh-huh. That's why Casey it was a separate project from Broken Social Scene because Kevin wanted to work with Brendan. Ah, okay, yes. I only know that because <laughs> I just read it in a book yesterday. The more you know. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, the more you know, and the whole reason why that's an important thing is because this band has so many different fucking yeah. little nooks and crannies and caveats of who's doing what at any given time that stuff like that happens. But guess what, guys? We're going to talk about and rank their discography, and I'm excited as hell about it because this is going to be arguably the toughest thing that I think we've ever had to do. Like, I genuinely, more than any other artist, I, I don't... know. have no fucking I have idea. no clue how it's gonna play out. <laughs> and I love that! And that's great. And that's why uh, we had to assemble our own broken social scene, our own metric, uh, to kind of make this thing work, to get it together. So many different voices, opinions, and thoughts. And first off, we're gonna start off with me. I'm Evan Soddy. You might know me as an editor of Pop Matters. You probably know me as the host of this podcast. And if you know me as the host, you absolutely know. The person sitting next to me the Brendan to my Kevin. That's right. Yeah. We're Aww, talking about it. it. Yeah. Taryn O'Reilly, the co-founder of the podcast. Yes. Hey. How you
0: doing? doing
2: some more interpretive dance, too.
0: I'm so excited. Look, look, <laughs> I never stop interpretive yeah, dancing. no, don't no. ever it's stop. It's just
1: a real fact. Yeah, so it's a so. true fact. No, is but what it is.
0: that's one of the best comparisons we've ever done, because yeah. Kevin literally said he was in love with Brandon. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah, exactly. well, we're going to talk about... Brandon, not Brandon.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk about Kevin Drew's not gayness gayness because there is definitely
0: <laughs> not gay but really
1: good <laughs> um. I, I can't describe it this is a line of body butter but that's here's an example thing. <laughs> and we found this out today but listen like we can't do this by ourselves we just I can't it's just not a thing that's going to happen possible. so is that's that right? why we had to bring in the guy. The guy who I'm going to say should sit closer to the mic than he is right now. The guy who is a man about town. He is a music lover. He is a dear friend. He is not known as CeeLo, despite what you yes. may have heard on the internet, on the rumors. That's right, guys. We are talking about Carlo Lopez is Woo! here! Good to be here. Yeah, how you Super doing? Super
2: excited. It's also for the whole definitely not gay but really gay, you couldn't have picked a better, better guest for that. <laughs> you could not have picked a better guest for that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because let me tell you something. Right now, Carlo, he has tattoos all over him oh, and God. he loves Dua Lipa. Like, you would not yes. believe <laughs> it is the whole thing. We're going to listen
2: to some Charlie XDX boys after this. Yeah, exactly. Fine. Fine. I
1: was um, busy thinking about it. a different podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> listen, we are, we're here to talk about Broken social. And the thing is that when you think about it, when you break it down, Uh, They're a group that technically has five pretty straight-ahead albums, which is great for ranking purposes. There is, of course, the ambient instrumental debut "Feel Good Loss" from 2001. There is the rock-oriented indie breakthrough that was "You Forgot It in People" in 2002. There was the overambitious, super sprawling, crazy, messy, broken social scene from 2005. There is the much more streamlined, straight-ahead pop effort that was Forgiveness Rock Record in 2010. And there is the long-awaited "Give them What You Want" kind of follow-up, the long-anticipated reunion that was "Hug of Thunder" in 2017. You know, Yay, this 2017, year, the year <clears> we're recorded this, yes. one of the only good things about this year. But here's the <laughs> other thing, though. Uh, there's a couple qualifiers that we need to talk about, because we can all agree those five are going to be ranking. Some might be like, I don't know if you should feel good loss, because it'd be an instrumental album, but... I don't know. I still kind of want to talk it's about it. It's, it's a broken social scene album. It's a right? Yeah, it so, absolutely counts. So yeah. the, there's kind of three other outliers. Two of them, uh, which I think we could probably not count, is uh, Kevin Drew, he kind of wanted to follow in the vein of like uh, Buena Vista Social Club and uh, other like collective groups that later released albums kind of under that name because Buena Vista Social Club, there was one album eventually later too, you know, like several years later, but one album that was very iconic and influential for bringing Cuban music over to America, but there's so many artists that played on there that eventually to try and get like reputation out there, they did when of this social club presents so like all these different artists were released under that kind of moniker so kevin wanted to do that there's broken social scene presents kevin drew and broken social scene presents brendan canning no duh they're the chief songwriters of the band um i don't feel i mean even though they're broken social scene presents they're not broken social scene now they're obviously. definitely yeah. solo
0: records exactly like
1: yeah. yeah. let's be real cuz kevin drew then did another solo record after that you know mm-hmm. and, and actually brendan did too and those weren't under that label so i feel like that's stupid Uh, (laughs) But the other thing, the weird thing on here is uh, Beehives. Because after You Forgotten People came out and got a lot of acclaim, they needed to tide me over, they needed something for the fans out there. So they put together a B-Sides Rarities comp because they're really pushing the singles out in the UK. So there were B-Sides to pick from. And they put out Beehives. Uh, I guess it was essentially going to be called uh, Death by B-Side or something like that, which is stupid. Uh, So, uh, but yeah, they went with Beehives. So it has basically all new material. Like, there's kind of, like, sort of reworks, like, instead of cause equal time off of the debut, there's time equals cause, but they sound nothing really alike altogether. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is, of course, a reiteration of the song Lover Spit, but it's not, like, a rejiggering. It's, like, Kevin sang the version on You Forgotten People and Feist sings the one on the B-side, you know, compilation version. And there's, like,
0: Pretty different instrumentation.
1: Yeah, like a very much sparser, let's say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I want to see where you guys feel about including it. Carla, let's start with you. How do you feel about including B-Highs in the ranking? Um,
2: I, I think it's pretty important. I'm, I'm excited to go over it. Like you said, I mean, there's two different variations of the song and that actually trips me up once in a while as well, just when I hear right, the yeah. different versions, because I'm like, wait, this sounds familiar. No, this isn't it. Oh, wait. Yes, it is. But the other person.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Because what was I mean, and you're a fan. I mean, the whole reason yeah. we brought you in is because you are a hardcore fan. What was yeah. your introduction to Broken Social Scene? Um, you forgot it. Uh, you forgot into the in the people.
2: You forgot in the people. Yes. Which I can't even read off a monitor right now. <laughs> um... <laughs> It was uh, one of my good friends, actually, so I work with him now, he used to date my best friend, they broke up, but he got her into it, and the funny thing is, like, this week that I was, like, brushing up on it, like, we worked together, we're, like, five feet away from each other, and I told him, and he was like, wow, you really know how to bum a dude out, I'm already stressed <laughs> for a week, but no, it's a super great album, uh, I guess we'll get to that, but yeah, that was my
1: introduction into them. Okay, yeah, nice. cool. So, where do you stand on the beehives controversy?
0: We don't count... B-Sides comps, I don't yeah. know what you're even trying to do here. Right okay, I th- would love to talk about it, but it's just is not... that going to be a
2: separate podcast yeah. where we just discuss how he's trying to sneak it in on you?
1: <laughs> I, it's, it's, I mean, it's what it is. It is a besides comp. I feel like, but we, I mean, we've had fungible things on, you know, various we've had episodes.
0: fungible things, but like if we're gonna count beefs, uh, beehives, I think we would have to count. EP to Be You and Me, and we would have to count the EP off of Forgiveness Rock Record that neither of us knew existed until this week and don't know what it sounds like. They're EPs, but they are the same length. They are nine tracks long. That's true, exactly. So I... Don't think we should count it. It's not a Broken Social Scene album. It's a compilation.
1: Well, hearing those arguments, that sassy little argument, thank you, Brendan, uh, (laughs) I will say that I I would probably go with that. I was ready to talk about it just in case to go there, but in terms of the actual official ranking, for the record, not to spoil anything, if we did include it on the ranking... It would be my easy, lowest-ranked album, okay. like, out right there. That's what I'm saying.
0: We'll still talk about the songs yes. later. Yes. All right, we will talk we'll about it in the Happy wrong. Hour Minisode.
1: Okay. I'm making a note here. Happy Hour Minisode. Worthy is what it is. Ranking the albums! All right, yeah. so we're not declining Beehive. so we got Feel Good Lost, You Forgot It, People, Broken Social Scene, Forget this Rock Rigger, of Thunder. Uh, guys, we're going to talk about it. We're going to debate it. We're going to change each other's minds. You know, we're here to basically come down to what the best album is by consensus. I'm excited about it. But, Taryn... Look Look over right over here. There's a Carlo right here in the studio. It's crazy. Full of knowledge. And I'm actually so excited that he's here. It's actually really great. But Carlo, you're the guy. You're the guest. And you get to do the Break the Ice here. Number five on our ranking of Broken Social Scene albums. We're not going to rank anything. I just want to hear, what would you nominate as the worst or fifth best Broken Social Scene album?
2: Um, this is going to be weird. Is How it controversial?
1: For me, it's Feel Good Loss. Oh yeah it's
2: just it's for me it's an album that i can listen to songs from but i have a hard time listening to the album in its entirety like beginning to end yeah it just misses the mark for me somehow and there are great songs on there but there are certain things that just aren't where i need them to be and i'm not even sure off the top of my head which one of those songs are exactly but like honestly like listening to the albums again this week like i think that i actually used to like that album a little bit more and I'm actually really curious to see what your opinions are to see if you change my mind back or make me feel even better about them. But that for me would be number five.
0: Yeah, no, I would absolutely agree. I mean, when you're looking at the career of this band, Feel Good Lost, it just isn't quite the same thing. Like I don't think they would it's ever so
1: different aesthetic. It's yeah, so utterly
0: exactly. Right. It's it's not really a collective in the same way. Like it was it was very much a studio project. It was these like buddies. Wanting to work together and they made this thing together, and they did bring some of their friends in to work on it and like flesh it out. But like, they didn't even really play up most of these things live, even when they immediately started doing shows after this. Um, because then they brought in the whole collective and started like workshopping the songs that became You Forget It in People. So, like, Feel Good Lost is it's a great ambient album, it truly is.
1: Yeah,
0: but it's still an ambient album and you, that can't hold a candle to an indie rock record.
1: Right, And um, see, I would argue it can because I'm Evan Saudi and I fuck shit up. That's what I do. <laughs> okay. But more importantly though, uh, I am a deep, 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 deep Deep lover of ambient music. Uh, quite frankly, I love ambient albums. I love the headspace they put you in. But that being said, the biggest thing for me was that when I got into "You Forgot It In People" because we all got into "You Forgot It In People," um, I was like, "Oh my god, what the fuck is this? This is incredible!" Uh, and I wanted to know more. And it was right around that time they did a very quiet release on Arts and Crafts, the label that Kevin Drew also founded, to, in order to help put out all this stuff. Uh, they did a re-release of "Feel Good Loss" because it was basically unavailable. Uh, and that it just fucking struck me like it is an album. You know, like it is it is ambient, but every. every Every song has a form, has a shape, has different rhythmic textures and things like that. I
0: would say that a
1: solid two-thirds
0: of the songs have form and shape and another third okay. of
1: them don't. Well, let me just put it out here, because we always talk about it at the start of every half-hour episode the worst song by a particular artist. Let me just tell you, the 90-whatever-seconds of Prison Province, this little bass fuckery that goes yeah, on, I, I yeah. hate it. Like, I hate it. It ruins every yeah. piece of momentum that goes on on that album. It is the worst goddamn thing. The funny <laughs> thing is,
2: I'm so glad you mentioned that. I was at work yesterday, and I was listening to this, and one of my employees came up to me and asked me a question. And I was actually pretty snotty to them right after that yeah. because of how annoyed I was with that song.
1: <laughs> and I was like, I gotta change this. Mood. I'm still at work. So, wait, it gave you an, an emotional response? That's yeah, incredible. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, so not that, right I but thinking. not the right response. Not emotion. the one I was yeah, hoping exactly. for, yeah. Mom. Not the
0: emotional response that any other song on this album or yeah. possibly this career right, yeah. is
1: looking to get. No, oh, but at the same time, there's still like incredible there's moments incredible on it. There's incredible moments I, what, on. Yeah, exactly.
2: so I think a, a big part of it for me, too, is just that And I don't know if this is me, but like I said, I can't listen to the album. It just doesn't flow to me. (laughs) Like track to track, something about it is just not there. And I kind of, it makes me lose interest sometimes. Like I get really excited. I'm into a song and then the next one starts and I'm like, huh. I mean, I guess I could like look for something else. And then by the time I'm done scrolling, something else comes on. I'm like. Yeah, this is okay, but I don't know, it just has that feel for me, and I've never been able to, like, kick, like get past it. It's the same way, like like you were saying, like, I started with just like everybody else, or most people, like, you forget it in people, and then I went back to listen to the one that was before, and I'm like, oh, yeah, and then I was like, oh, this is not the same.
1: Yeah, at and all. And I
2: kind of felt, like, just such a lame, and I was like, oh, I'm going to like their newer stuff, but not the older stuff, but I was like, that's okay, because... The band, of all. Well, the band thing. of all. It's just yeah. a right, different exactly.
1: song. Oh, but guilty cubicles, guys. Let me tell you that. This, That's so, a good song. That emotional response I have to that song is like that is like a driving yeah. at night with the top down totally. kind of like you know seeing the stars as you go with the cool air in your face kind of song.
0: Well, yeah. And to me, the song that is that quite literally is "Love and Mathematics" <sighs> because I put that on like a mix for a friend who had a car at yeah. the end of high school. So we like heard that song repeatedly and I mean the the baseline on that, that's one of the songs on here that so clearly has a structure and Mm -hmm. it has such a gorgeous, very slow, steady build to Uh the extent that at the ending where it's just like a wash of sound you almost don't know how you got there because yeah. it does it so subtly. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I will sort of echo what Carlo said. I love Love and Mathematics, yeah. but at the end of it, a like violin part for the next song comes in and it's so... Off-putting. Different it's like, it's weird. and it's and it's like a it's very odd intervals yeah. then when Passport Radio actually starts. I do enjoy that. You just don't like the transition as much fit yeah. with Love and Mathematics, uh-huh. and they do that a couple times on this yeah. album, where the end yep. the the beginning of the next song bleeds in with the yeah, end of the right. last one, but it's not a perfect fit. Right. right.
1: And there were songs like Moss Breaker, which were just kind of like, you know, like it yeah. sounds, it's like yeah. wavy sounds. Yeah. That, but then you have something like Cranley's Gonna Make It Cranley's with this little, Cranley's Gonna yeah, Fucking Make It. Yeah, make yeah. It. yeah exactly, with the little horns coming. boom, <laughs> boom, yeah.
0: I mean, basically, the, the title of that song is Cranley's yeah. Gonna Make This Song Fucking Awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, so I mean, listen, I I love this album from a purely emotional place. It hit me at a very particular time, a lot of these songs have stayed with me, lingering, like, you know, amoebas. And the thing is that, like, I, I and so I understand this is going probably going to be your lowest ranked album. I just want to toss out there my, if I were to pick it, like, it would, for me, it would probably be number four, but like, you know, instead okay. of number five, it will be number five. I get that. My pick for number four, I don't know if this is going to wreck anyone's deck, yeah. but my pick for number five is actually Self Titled Broken Social Scene. And the reason is, is because after You Forget It and People comes out, and you listen to Beehives, you do all this stuff, um, like, I was so hype. I was mega hype for this goddamn album, and to this day, I can't connect with it the thing is there are songs there are moments there are parts that i love of it it is this shambly bambly songs and instruments are kind of they're being shed off and falling off as it's rambling along like it's just kind of like some songs are just like squalls of noise that have no like i mean they're like music and there's sounds and there's chords but they just kind of you know like you're kind of like going one or the other
0: it's it sort of seems like because you forgot it, and people was such like a joyous explosion yeah. of yeah, collaboration. Yeah, and it was so clear with each song. And I what feel like on self-titled, they sort of lost the distinctness that that collaboration brought and instead it was just too many cooks in the kitchen it feels a little yes. forced like yes. they yeah. you know they're they are classic for and well known for having like so many guitar lines that you can't distinguish them and yeah. that works so well in a ton of places but on multiple songs on here even some of my favorite songs like fire Ed boy boy windsurfing nation like these are the, like boy, some song. of my favorite yeah. broken social yeah. scene songs but you kind of lose what's happening there a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's also a big part of that comes in when uh, I was just reading a quote from Kevin Drew today when he was talking about a lot of these songs, he literally was improving the vocals. As we know, this is, yes. as we've been doing more and <laughs> yeah. more research into artists' like writing processes, this is a very common writing technique. Um, but a lot of artists will actually like write lyrics over it. Yeah, later. like I mean, yeah. like
1: Michael Jackson's a pure example. You hear some songs like demos, he's going but just say you want and like he kind of has an idea of where he wants to get, but then the actual lyrics come later. But here, because and it's one of those things where like you can always tell, especially with early acts, like sometimes they'll mask their voices with enough filters where it's kind of like or put it in the background, where like you can't understand right. what like, they're saying. They're not saying. a confident yeah. vocalist. Yeah, exactly. Like, so like yeah. they have things to say, but they figure like I, I just kind of want to you know like I'm gonna put yeah. it out there. I want to be mysterious or whatever because like you can't and this is a thing with their entire discography there are songs you can't fucking understand what they're saying you can't you can't yeah. it's kind or the of lyrics incredible. don't make sense or yeah. whatever yeah right that, exactly
0: yeah the lyrics are like some nice images but yeah. they don't relate yeah, to each other at well
1: and, all. and literally we were listening to this album the other day and we got right it's like right before super connected uh which was a song that's actually like pretty good there's a song which has a great title and is a Forgettable ass song called "Handjobs for the Holidays,"
0: and it's like it's a (laughs) it's like classic Brooklyn social scene. It sounds a lot like mm, about five other songs on this record, right? Um, And I think that's also part of why you know not to spoil, but this is fairly low for me as well, just because. It's great. It's enjoyable music. You don't necessarily want to skip anything, right? It's, it's an album presentation. But you don't. Yeah. You can't tell. Like Handouts for the holidays. Committed to it. Our it's faces like... split the coast in half. E.B. Dreams of pavement. Like they have minor sections that make them stand out, but like the songs as a whole are just these like wash of guitar noise, vocals in the background spouting some nonsense. Like it's enjoyable, but it's not yeah.
2: brilliant. Mm-hmm. Right. No, I feel the same way. I felt like some songs are very similar to You Forget In People.
0: You forgot it.
2: You forgot, you forgot it's it in people. Yeah. You literally forgot it's it. I'm the people. monitor, too. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> reading is not my strong point. No, I totally feel the same way. I feel like um, there are certain songs on there that are just really great and hit like the nail on the head. Like, the, like which ones Like, um, really,
1: really strike you? Like,.
2: For me, on uh, on the self titled, it would be really just like Our Faces Split the Coast in Half. I like. Well, that's like the intro thing, but I really like it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Not, they know um, how to yeah, open an album. Let's I like be real. it every um, time. Yeah. Hand <laughs> Jumps for the Holidays, obviously. Um, Bandwitch, I liked. Um, and I mean, there's some other ones that I can't remember the
1: names of all the time. Is like, it Bandwitch? Yeah, Has it yeah.
0: always been bandwidth. i, I, yeah. and I have yeah. just
1: read it as bandwidth. I, I literally, I mean, I called it from the website when we were putting up the thing on the monitor. But yeah, it's bandwidth. Yeah. That, my
0: mind <laughs> just blown. You know, it's the, that thing where you look at a word yeah. and you just see the first letter and the and last, last letter. letter. Yeah. And you, then you your mind fills like, it in. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Not it's not ever. Well, it's kind
1: of like that time see. when Arctic Monkey, they put out the uh, single from their second album, Brian Storm. Oh, uh, God, I brainstorm forever. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. But it's yeah. Brian and people are like, fuck you guys. It's such like, a good is, song, but yeah. fuck you, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> um, no, but I, I feel that way about that album where it's like, there are some really good songs in there. I don't know. For me, it's there's something about, like, I have my favorites, and I'm not going to get into that right now, of, like, albums, and I won't say, you know, the ranking. Right, right, yet. right, good. But I will say that this one... I dig the album. You you dig the vibe. I I dig the vibe. I don't know the continuity's not there, if that makes sense. There's There's something just off, a little bit off of it but it's still really enjoyable.
1: I think the best way to describe it is the fact that for those who bought it earlier, bought off their website or whatever, there's an EP that came with an EP for You and Me, or me, whatever the fuck it's called, Uh, which had a couple, like, other ambient like a snake charmers association, which is a fun little ambient, you know, like, experimental thing. But there's also, most importantly on there, there's the song Major Label Debut, parentheses, fast. And Major Label Debut is a kick-ass, motherfucking, hooky-ass, little punk, you know, like, rock song. I'm just coming here to calm down. You know, like, it's great, and it strikes you. And you know, interviews came out around the time that they knew if they put that thing out, it was going to be a hit. Yeah. And Kevin Drew said, and in one of my interviews with him, he said, I don't want to be singing that song for the rest of my life. So the version on the album is this gussied up, gossamer heavy, kind of like, like, you know, clanging. way down. Yeah, like, it's the same exact song, the same exact chords, but it's just... Cl- blah, blah, blah. There's little, like, moments and elements like kind of striking around here. And that's the thing. Keep in mind, there's a song on the end called It's All Gonna Break, which is pretty... Great. I yeah, very really much enjoy song. it. Even though that opening lyric still gets you. Uh, was that when, when I was a kid, you fucked me yeah, in the ass. It was just like, oh, okay, Kevin. Thank you. Super uh, gay, not gay. Okay, yeah, Super gay, not gay. Uh, and so, yeah, and of course, let's not, also not talk about, we haven't even talked about it yet, 7-4 Shoreline. I mean,
0: 7-4 Shoreline <laughs>
1: is one of
0: my favorite songs of all time. I did not get into Broken Social Scene until, like, 2006. Mm-hmm. So I had that whole back catalog to work with. Um, all two albums. Well. Which is... I mean, three total. (laughs) Um, But that's still, like... That's when I got into, like, love and mathematics really deep. And, like, we'll talk about it later. But I fucking loved uh, Shampoo's Suicide and Late 90s Bedroom Rock. Yep, yep, yep. (laughs) But, yeah, so, 7-4 Shoreline... First of all, as a young music First listener, time, yeah. I just thought it was brilliant that the song was in 7-4. It's yeah. not brilliant that it's the title of the song, but whatever.
1: <laughs> um, yes, true.
0: But, it, you know, it also is like, hey, listeners, notice this. Yeah. Because um, it is, like, all of yeah. the riffs and, the like, the drum beat. And can we just talk about how fucking great a drummer Justin is? Actually, yes. Like, like yes, Kevin and Brendan are, like, the
1: masterminds, but, like, they
0: would be nowhere. He, a,
1: he almost, like, adds too many drum hits and it works every time. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it, and it, it because yeah. you know why it works is because they have six guitarists. Yes. So, like, yeah. there's already too much <laughs> happening. Uh-huh. So you, the drums ha- need to reflect that. Uh-huh. And they always do. And his drum fills are so precise and he knows exactly where to use them. Uh-huh. And, like, on the slow shit, he's just brilliant and understated and like I know that's easier to do
1: but, but really is it he builds at the same time, like, really complex He's excitable
2: rhythms. like yeah. it's gotta be difficult for him to like maintain yeah that
1: I mean in I mean, live shows I can't even yeah. imagine right and it's also yeah. Feist doing that vocal on 7-4 right yeah, that's yeah. definitely feist. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, we have to ask ourselves a lot because the new member they added is just very feist esque uh, in nature. Yeah, but, but at it, least that's only in 2017. Exactly. exactly about. So that being said, we talked about it for a little bit, guys. Are we are we pretty much gonna go ahead and lock in Feel Good Lost at five and Broken Social Scene at four?
2: That's actually where mine were, so I,
1: I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. In that case, that's... that is uh, the start of the ranking, which is good because we are already a half hour in. I'm just gonna say event, before yeah.
0: we. Move on from self-titled that also Swimmers and Hotel are both great songs. Mm -hmm.
1: Hotel especially. That little intro. Hotel
0: really snuck up on me. Yeah. It's not It's never been one that's
1: been on my radar. Yeah. Exactly.
0: And then, like, listening to their discography as a whole. You know, this happens with every artist, but, like, I really felt like I was... I opened up to their sound more. Yeah. And so I was more into some of the, like...
1: Weird, weirder yeah.
0: n- not to say lesser but the <laughs> album tracks that people don't pay as much attention to like some of them really showed really? themselves to me and yeah. like surprised
1: me but weirdly enough we have the track list up in front of us right now i lo- thousand percent don't remember a song called finish your collapse and Stay for breakfast ever being on this album but it's
2: similar to I- another <laughs> title track because i was like thinking about that too no you know what i'm just thinking about like your 90s music yeah. yeah, that's...
1: Okay, <laughs> All right, well, cool, well, great. Well, listen, we have five, we have four, we have all the way down there. We had a nice debate there. Hmm. Uh, Taryn, listen, we are down to You Forgot It in Ooh. People, Forgiveness Rock Record, and A Hug of Thunder. Three, I think, critically acclaimed albums. Three albums I love a lot. I know. So, I know. I, you are, it's unenviable task time. I can't wait to see. It's going to be a great debate. But what gun to your head <laughs> would you... <laughs> I knew this moment was going to come! Yeah. What well, would you listen? Carla already had to open this album, so I know, I know, I know. Yeah.
0: Ah, uh, damn, I can't, I can't do it.
1: Um, <laughs> you need me to do it for you. I'll do it for you.
0: Give me a minute. I okay. just—it's hard because, like, before Hug of Thunder came out, I had put like Forgiveness Rock Record on my list of like favorite albums ever, mm-hmm. and Hug of Thunder just really impressed me. I was. So I was not expecting an album that good from them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're in their forties. Typically that means (laughs) that literally, and it's sad to say, but typically that means that the quality of music goes down somewhat and they have managed to join that Beautiful nope. echelon of nope. real Solid artists.
2: Carla, who thirty-four, Taryn will not be buying your mixtape.
0: That's not. I mean, I will still yeah. check old artists I will, artists say, out, I I will like, say
1: on the new Jay Z album, though, he's what forty-seven now, and it's like, you can holy get, shit, is he? Yeah, yeah, like there were some songs where like you can hear the age in his voice a little yeah. bit. Though it's a lot more. I d- I yeah. think
0: it's not to say obviously side
1: tangent. Hundreds Jay-Z of
0: yeah. artists have put out great albums, incredible albums after the age of 40, but a lot of al- I can't name one. Rock bands especially. <laughs> rock bands especially. Not singer-songwriters, but rock bands sort of... Joni Mitchell
1: kicks ass. their so. shit yeah. Yeah.
0: after... They, you know, they, I mean, legitimately, though, well, threer. And
1: we've After discussed they this They chill the fuck out. Yeah, they yeah. chill the
0: fuck out and they have kids. Yeah. Well,
1: we've discussed this too for a lot of acts, especially when they start younger. Once you get older, you start you start becoming songwriters and become more craftsmen. Right. It just becomes like a mechanism for you. And you can still it's make a great, gimmick you have. Yeah, you can still make great work, yeah. but sometimes it's just I, so automatic. That like, did
0: not happen to this thing. No, it no, did no not. not at all.
1: No, 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 no. Yeah. Because the whole, re- well, and uh, Hug of Thunder, just while we were talking about it, because they were off for a while, and I was rereading some of my interviews with, uh, Kevin, and he talked about how, especially the Forgiveness rock record tour, I guess, really wore on him a lot, because I felt like they were just doing the same thing over and over again, and that's like, I need a fucking break, I need a break. That's why he put out a solo album, and he did a co-produced now by Andy Kim, also produced the very last album by The Tragically Hip, which I had no idea about, which I'm like, you did that? That's fucking amazing! Uh, But apparently, it was the Paris attacks in 2015 uh, that really, like, struck a chord in him and the rest of the band, too, of like, oh, fuck, like, like, there's some real horror in the world right now. So they actually, uh, that's when they started doing a lot of festival dates together and like seeing if the engine still worked and it did and that's why they kind of like getting together and i feel like especially with forgiveness rock record that was an album where there were songs that were written by people that weren't brendan or kevin Uh, and that's fucking awesome like just flat out songs sung and like you know Art House Director and uh, I think it was Highway Slipper Jam if I'm not mistaken (laughs) like songs that were like genuinely written by other members like you know uh, the guy from Apostle of Hustle and other ones and that's great and that's awesome and I felt like they had a much more open voice a much more collaborative environment Uh, and Hug of Thunder really pulls that together like it's all of them shambling about in studio like some they only have lead singles some of the times or lead singer but they're all trying around with different instruments doing the old thing that they used to do this rabble rousing kind of like you know, art for art's sake thing. Yeah. Uh, that being said, though, is that your third?
0: Oh no, I was just buying time.
1: <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> well, cause equals time, yeah. baby. Um, I,
0: I, I, can't do it. You, if you have something in mind, you should say it okay. because I really like. I hold these three albums in equal esteem. Yeah,
1: and I'm so sorry to do this to you. Hug of thunder. That would be what I put at number three, and here's why: because Hug a Thunder opens and fucking nails you pretty damn hard like I'm gonna talk about like halfway home as this like lead single it, the thing it feels the one thing about hug of thunder that I find so fascinating is that I feel like Every other album has a very distinctive flavor a vibe and overall feel to it and hug of thunder in many ways Kind of sounds like a culmination of a lot of the stuff that they've done before like they had never done an acoustic number quite like skyline that straightforward before but like at the same time you hear halfway home like Classic broken social, like that's the first sense that I have. The moment it opens, you're like, "Oh, thank God!" God. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's great, Uh, and even though I think protest song is a little bit too cutesy for it, so that's what I was gonna say. Okay,
2: so (laughs) so can we talk about? Can I say where this would rank on mine? Yeah, Yeah. okay. So same, it would be third. Mm. Um, I really like it. I was really excited about it, and it was a difficult decision for me. Um, I obviously like really love like Halfway Home, but again. It's somewhere like whenever I'm listening to protest song that I'm like, am I watching like a fucking Honda Civic commercial at certain points like in the middle of the song? Yeah,
0: you know what? Um, <coughs> what protest song it? protest song feels a little uh, new pornographers to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, oh, like, exactly it's like it's yeah. like a little it's a little more like. than you've ever wanted or had uh, Broken Social Scene be before. Um, And like, and I think Emily Haynes does a wonderful job, but it does feel a little metric in that way too. Mm -hmm. I feel like Broken Social Scene is either like ambient and depressing, or they're going like full Excitable, every
1: instrument you've ever heard in your life before. Exactly, and
0: And Protest Song is in this unfortunate halfway point. Right. And I think that's also why you maybe don't like Skyline as much, is that it's also not hitting either one of those. Right. Yeah, like, it's this middle
1: ground thing, which is, like, they can explore it just fine. It's a pretty, you know, tranquil, okay song, you know? mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: So there's this one thing that I think about every time I'm listening to, like, um, Hug of Thunder. Hug of Thunder, and I hope you guys don't murder me for this, but certain parts of it... And even certain other songs make remind me a little bit of Clap Your Hands and Say Yeah. Where I that's feel not like, a bad thing, no, necessarily. Clap Your Hands and, right, say, yeah. and Say Yeah have really great songs, but at the same time, there are some where I'm just like, wait, are you like an upper or a downer this song? I can't figure you out. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I get a little bit of that vibe from that album, like Hug of Thunder, and as much as I really do appreciate it as a broken social scene album, that's where I hit every time, and I'm like, okay, You're good. But the other ones are still better.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing. And let's talk about the good moments yeah. too, because fucking Vanity Pale, kids, Vanity Pale That is an, that is in a song where I feel like every element they have comes together yeah. in this great way. This fucking like gnarly, yeah. gnarly, yeah. gnarly yeah. and then yeah. the fucking horns come the, in. I mean, the horns <laughs> are <laughs> insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and yeah. then that chorus, you know, you're gonna stop your love. say, you know, and then they have this do 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 you know, like it's just like the post
0: even the post chorus breakdown where
1: we think it's Feist, yeah. Wailing? What is that? Yeah, like it's just making noises. She's bjorking it so hard. She yeah. is bjorking it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean that song's fucking incredible. My favorite song on here, and one of my favorite songs of the year is Stay Happy. Oh yeah. Which I just realized today is the new vocalist, Ariel. Mm-hmm. Um, who Do, doing a great five impersonation. Is, is it Andrew Whiteman? Yes. Yeah. Uh they got married and they're in Aurora together. Yeah. Um which cool. maybe I'll check out because yeah. I do really like her voice. Yeah. Like I assumed that both of her tracks on here, "Stay Happy" and "Gonna Get Better," were yeah. feist, but
1: she. I do like "Gonna Get Better." Gonna get loss. better. Oh my right
0: god, it. gonna get better. Because that's like, like I that. That vocal boom, performance boom, is like boom, flawless. Yeah. Like that's one for the books. Yeah. I think I, I might agree track, with you guys so. too. Yeah. yeah. Like. Now that I'm looking at it like I, I don't even really remember what Towers and Mason sounds like. I it has a nice um, little
1: guitar opening but I can't
0: And like I I enjoy please take me with you. Mhm. Uh, mhm. But it doesn't
1: leave a huge lasting impression, impression. and I'm also kind of disappointed with mouthguards for the apocalypse yeah, too. The totally closing right. song because I feel like it's 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 a good song. It's but it just like in terms of epic closers that they've had, and they have had a couple epic closers, and sometimes just ambient closers. But like you know, the big ending moment, let's say, uh, like it's just kind of it's it's in there. You know, it's it's fine, but I just like it doesn't have the same thing. The highlight. No so Cranley's your... gonna make it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn fucking right. Thank you, Carlo. Uh, but yeah, it's one of the things where like this is a make no mistake, this is a very, very good album. Oh, uh, it's um, just
0: Victim Lover. Victim Lover, yeah. That, one of your
1: other favorites. I mean,
0: that song, I, actually, that might be the song I listened to the most this week. Even though I've been listening to this album for months, mm-hmm. I still was like, I just keep going back Well, to I remember
1: it. when you, when you put it on for the first time, and after one listen, you turned to me, and you are just like, this might be my album of the year. And it still might be, honestly.
0: It's it's definitely in the running.
1: Yeah. That Flower Boy by Tyler, the Creator. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think hey, other
2: conversations did you guys hear he had a boyfriend? He like what? officially came out like not I don't know if it's I don't think think he he officially shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that yeah that's a pretty loose term but This is relevant because Kevin Drew Yeah he had like an interview the other day with Vice and he was like I had my first boyfriend at 15 because like the lyrics on the new album mm-hmm. like a lot of people Kiss a White Boy since 2004 yeah. I
0: yeah. mean but also he's had super gay lyrics yeah. for his whole career, but so do a lot of, like, aggressive rappers, yeah. so no one... Questions it. No, because yeah. it. no, it's like, but yeah. But also, he tweeted in 2013, I've been trying to come out to you guys for yeah, years. Yeah, I read that. And everyone script. thought that he See, was oh, joking. Yeah. joking, <laughs>
1: motherfucker, yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. Sidetrack, side sorry Kim about and that. Drew. Right. Uh,
0: and so- um, but, well that's a good time to bring up the story that he told you oh, about yeah.
1: the guy at the party. Right, so, and there was this time, and so, like, and I've interviewed... Okay, so I... We'll get into this in happy hour minisode. I've interviewed Kevin Drew four times. Uh, and, like, over the course of years... you give out
2: personal information, it should be, like, blur your finger. I, I have... I, blurb, blurb, blurb. I have to pull up my... Don't totally th- th- Evan.
1: I have to pull up my <laughs> phone, I think... I might have I might have his cell phone number still on me, but oh, no way. Uh, I who knows if he still has it. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Uh, but uh, the thing is, all like, cause he recognized me after the second one, and like you know, then the third one we got emotional. He got he gets so emotional, dude wears yeah. his heart on his fucking sleeve. But there's this one, that, yeah, I, I know. That. But there's this one where he talked about how he went to this party, like he was just, and it was this part where he's talking about how in every interview you have, he talks about how he's like finding his path, but he's like back to where he wants to be, and he feels good about it. Like every interview I do, that's always the aesthetic, like oh that last time, you know, like oh things were going bad, but no. I found out who i want to be right now it's always the same thing but uh there's one story where he talks about he went to this party this basement party and he's talking about like some of the stupid things he still does like getting drunk he's running a label and being in a band and doing all these other things and in his 40s right and he's in his 40s and he went to a party and there was some kid at the party he went up to him and says dude and he's like what you taught me how to love like and that's like a you know it's a drunken confession kind of thing it's a big thing and his response to that he kissed him and then left and he's like, and as he, as he, fog? I know, and as he left, he's like asking himself, "What the fuck am I doing? I have shit I have to do. What what was I just doing just then? Why am I and at I'm this like, party? Right? Yeah. I know. And so, like, that's amazing. Um, I mean, that means so, that we can talk about the other albums, but for me, like, as my, and I don't get me wrong, I enjoy the hell out of Hug of Thunder. I think the other two albums are where the real battle is. Yes, yeah,
0: no, I think I think we can agree, Hug of Thunder, amazing shit. It's mm-hmm. number three.
1: All right, so
2: and listen I think that was that was I'm the glad big that we're kind of all in line with this stuff oh it's making me feel a lot better
1: oh I know but I feel like this is where it's about to be like celebrity. Yeah. Exactly. You guys all right so let here's the thing though we are down to you forgot it in people and forgiveness rock record and if you believe the critics air quotes out there uh clearly the number one should be you forgot it in people obviously that's their big one it brought them into the world blah 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 but here's the thing. I want to talk about these two albums because I feel like they have very different aims and goals. Utterly different. Yeah. Let's just talk about them. Not even ranking them. Let's just talk about them in sequential order. You forgot it in people. Uh, now, especially, I mean, I, there's a very small... It, it was pretty much a lot of people's first introduction to Broken Social Scene, so I don't think there were a lot of Andean people being like, oh, they went pop. But the thing is that, like, that fucking opening song, Captain the Flag, is this nice little, like, rising building action. And then Casey Accidental, the song, <laughs> Down, 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 Down. Okay. Down, 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 <gasps> Down. Uh, noise, it's drums, noise, drum, noise drums, noise, drums. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just blows you away, and it keeps building yeah. and rolling, yeah. and, like, yeah, it changes. Yeah. And it's just, like, so great. You're like, oh shit, this is, like, turning into anything. But the, they just keep. Going like every song has its own distinct, unique feel and thing. Like Pacific theme, they go fucking Tropicalia on us, you know. Do, I do, fucking love Pacific yeah. theme,
0: <laughs> it like shouldn't work.
1: Yeah, the little they when, shouldn't
0: like, be pulling that this off and when I the, think the that's horns come yeah. like in,
1: so right? And it's, I feel like it's them, like, just like we could do this. Why not the fuck wouldn't we do this? Because they could do a battle like, uh in Love or spit, and then they could do something like moody and building like shampoo suicide. Yeah. And then it just builds and grows. There was this mm. interview I once did, like, with a band where they talked about, like, they're like, what are your goals as a band? Like, man, dude, if I could ever write anything as emotional as shampoo suicide, which doesn't even have fucking words in it, that'd be great. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's a very specific thing you want to achieve. And that's awesome. Uh, but then, like, oh, but I mean, let's just talk about it. It's here. It's there. It's staring at us. Anthems for a 17-year-old girl.
0: Uh, I mean... How, I can't even, like, put my thoughts for this song into words. Yeah. It's not only is it... It's a little banjo. It's so simple. It's a vocoder. Yes, it's a banjo, a vocoder, and fucking looped violin. And i the secret weapon of that song is the second half where that violin just starts and then sawing they keep in keep yeah. adding layers and layers and, like... A violin melody after another and floor dream about me. Like I can't think of another song that does it quite like that.
1: Right and that and they knew how good it was. That's why they loop it in as like a little instrumental thing at the very end too because like it is just like the, there was a magic contained. They had something there. There's a lot of ambient shimmers and things that are coming in mm-hmm. on the backside there. Shout out real quick to their producer, Dave Neufeld, who takes, like, their first couple albums and is like... There's 800 musicians in the first two room. or the first three. I think it's the first three. He didn't do. Uh, he didn't do. Uh, feels good. Feels good. Lost. But he did. Forgot it. He definitely did. Uh, broken social. I think he did. Forgiveness. Rock record. I could be wrong about that though. But uh, yeah. Still, he made a lot of like sense out of the chaos for the most part. But Yeah. That was just one where it's just like every element comes together and is stunning. And then you have like cause equals time. A little bit more of a straightforward rock mm-hmm. song, but still in their vein and in their aesthetic. Uh, yeah,
0: but like this album is just like where's where's the weak part.
1: This like, is an album is, that
2: literally I was listening to today again, and I was like, I should probably be listening to the other ones again a little bit more.
0: Right, right, this right. This is an album that
2: literally just holds up. <laughs> like, that you could go a year, you can go a couple years. Like, I, I don't think I've ever gone that long without listening to it. But so it just holds up, and it, it's such a feel good record.
0: Yeah. Um.
2: Even with I don't know some darker aspects of it, it's still like, damn, I feel yeah, good. I yeah. feel
0: like even even the ballads and even the like slower parts have this. Almost naive hope to them. Yeah. Like they're still well, very, very major... major key. Yeah.
2: I was thinking about it, and it's funny that you said naive hope because I was thinking it was like it's like prideful and grim sometimes. Well I think the perfect example
1: for that is, is wait, Looks wait, Just wait. Like the Sun. Because what is that yeah. lyric? Looks just like the Sun. Yeah. Yeah, it looks just like you, and I'm like, that's not a lyric. That's yeah. not, it's not even like a comparison, yeah, but it sounds like everything, it's right? You know, just in the
0: moments they, you know? they shine bright like the sun. I mean, kind yes. of, but like it's still, but also, yeah, looks just like the sun. The secret weapon is the backing vocals, yeah, that's, especially
1: when they come in during the last like third of the song. Yeah, yeah.
0: well, it's it's oh, almost it's, it's just... almost like the last half, yeah, but like. That's the hook right yeah. there.
1: But also, like, I feel the thing I love is, like, this earnest thing, but then you have all oh, this fucking studio, studio chatter that's happening over, like, one more. All right, coming around this one. Like, oh, they yeah. Come, like, it comes in over there. So it feels, like, kind of, like, intimate in a way, but it's, like, stage intimacy that works, you know? Like, it's yeah. kind of like, you know, I don't know what it is about it that comes in, but...
0: Yeah. That's another thing that, I mean, I think that this album maybe captures better than any of the rest of them is that intimacy.
2: Yeah. Like, I like that you said that right now. I, that was really just good. Like, it is a really well-played, sorry not to cut you off, no, a really good. well-played, like, staged intimacy. Like, it feels so natural, and you, it doesn't feel intrusive or right. or forced on you. It like, feels organic. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going
0: to pull out another quote right okay. now. Okay. From Emily Haynes, where she was talking about, I mean, everyone's fucked everyone, but it's not sinister. That's kind of wonderful. Yeah. <laughs>
1: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. I it's ca- very, it's I very Fleetwood that. Mac. Very Fleetwood Mac. I paraphrased Mac. that. But, like, literally, though, I think Leslie Feist has dated, like, four band members. Oh, and I Emily means wow. has also that, dated, yeah. like, a good number of Well, because
1: Leslie and Kevin were obviously a thing for a while. And now they're just friends. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, they were, they were a thing to the point where they were like, we can't date because our music like, is better than our relationship. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> really? They were like, wow. they had a I thing for that. a while and then they were like, no, our art relationship is better than this physical relationship. Let's just stop it now before it ruins anything. Yeah,
1: well, and the crazy thing, when I interviewed him for his second solo album, which is about sex, there's a song called Good Sex on there and, of course, a song called Body Butter. But uh, the thing is, though, like, he you talked gotta to... gotta have him, that tie-in. I know, you gotta have that tie-in. Yeah. You gotta have that song for the commercial. Uh, But he talked about how... like, And I was rereading the interview. I'm like, holy fuck. And I talked about how, like... You talk about being in bed a lot on this album. Like, what's it about that? And he's like... And he talked about, like... For me, like, the physical side of sex isn't the important thing. It's the emotional side of sex that is, like, so intriguing to me. And I've lost it. I've lost it over the years. Where, like, it's just... So, mechanic and I don't know, like, and he talked about, I mean, alluded to, like, not getting up in the emotional aspect, because, like, the emotional aspect for him was the most important part of sex. Going through do the motions, having I mean, sex. Yes, but, like, not. Nah. That
0: fits in with everything yeah. I know right. about, about him. him. About yeah. He is emotional as fuck. Yeah. Yes. He is, he's so emotional that that's, like, the main part of his charisma, is that, like, you're just drawn in because he's feeling so hard all the time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, there's forgiveness rock record. Now let me. I got a promo of it because I'm like I get to review the new Broken Social Scene, and they sent me a CD back, you know, 2010 when CDs yeah. were still a thing. Yeah. And uh, I went ahead, I put it in my car, and that first song, "World Sick," comes on like this really like kind of like building intro. <laughs> <laughs> And it builds, <laughs> and it rises, and it grows, and then I thought, I get a world sick. Every and it's just like there's a titanic wave of noise and drum hits and everything like comes out of it. Yeah, the like arpeggios and shit. My love is for my man, you know, and it's just like not it strikes. Yeah. It strikes you, and then you have the darkness of like chasing, and then Texaco, bitch, like every and more, even more so. I would argue even. More so than he forgot it in people, every song on *Forgiveness* rock record has a distinct and unique feel yeah. that is beside itself. And it's
0: so funny too because that might not be totally true, but the sequencing is, is done
1: stunningly.
0: Stunning. You're just you're just like tossed back and forth yeah. from world to world, and to it's like, but it, it still so fits perfectly it fits and it makes you sense. don't you don't run album. into that weirdness from the debut. Yeah, like the songs on here. They're so utterly different from each Denon other. Connected. But you, you, I wouldn't rearrange them
1: whatsoever. Right. Exactly. It is like yeah. a, I mean here, and here's the thing. Here's why I'm gonna play my hand a little bit. I love both these records. I genuinely think the worst song on Forgiveness Rock record is the wispy little ending track, "Me and My Hands." Yeah. Kind of like. Acoustic nothing of a song. I mean, yeah. I mean, like it leads apparently to the bonus EP, which I never got. That came with certain pre-orders of the album. That's also very ambienty and airy and spacey. I don't care really, uh, because me and my kind of a terrible thing. But aside from that, almost every other song I can recite almost from memory. Uh, like it is actually so. No. It's just God it's just like it damn. just
0: knocks you. Yeah. It's just hit yeah. after hit. Um after hit. can we
1: talk about alt all? Like this little like kinda like minor key electro thing that starts and then builds and then you have these dueling like female vocals kinda coming on here. It's like alt to
0: all, it's alt all it's alternate. And
1: then there's that guitar part where you like hear the and then like they go into like the low E notes, and it's just like crazy as they like kinda builds it's like electronic and electric kinda coming together and like building into something. Oh my god, like and they do that, and then they can mood swing all the way over into like uh sweetest so, Sweetest
0: Kill, yeah. I mean, so... That's sexy. It's oh. a great time to bring this up. Okay. <laughs> I So I, I, I always like to just quickly look at their Spotify numbers. Yes. Oh, yes. Because yes, I yes, think yes, that's yes. a yeah, fascinating that's right. yeah. insight. And it's also, it's a fascinating insight on, like, what has lasted from the earlier eras. And by far their highest played song is Sweetest Kill with 10 million plays. That's it must have been in insane. something. It's a... Because
1: lover's spit, song. yeah, lover is the one that's in all the movies. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: I will say that I think sweetest kill is probably in my top three. That mm-hmm. wasn't always, but just as I've listened to it over and over again, it's just like I have have such a weakness for a slow jam done right. Yeah. And this song is fucking sultry, like it just truly is. That line and that the vocal delivery,
1: ugh. Um, and you know what? The great thing is that, that that follows Sentimental X's, another song I fucking love a lot. And that follows uh, Meet Me in the Basement, a wordless, horn driven fucking rock the number. The only wordless <laughs> one on here. <laughs> and, uh,
0: it's and like one chord, man. And one sequence. Those horns. Yeah. And, and the thing is, we say horns, and I'm sure they bring in some extra people, but a lot of the time it's just. Cranley playing trumpet layers over each other
1: yeah.
0: and it's just it's so fucking epic that is that is one thing they I feel like they do better than like a lot of other bands is they create these epic like you really sound like it sounds it takes you on a journey you feel like you are traveling distance
1: while you're hearing these yeah. songs yeah yeah Carlo, what's your thoughts on this whole um, For me, thing? it's
2: Sweetest Kill, for sure. Top song on this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like the go Bitches, but it, I have like a love-hate relationship just because I fucking hate the name.
0: Right? Yeah, same. same. <laughs> it same.
2: fucking makes... Like, it kind of ruins the song, but it won't, and I just don't think about it. But it's weird because I like so many other songs, and as you guys have noticed, I keep looking at the monitor because I forget names like crazy. right? And a lot of their songs have love or hand or whatever, and I'm like, all <laughs> over the fucking
1: place. I'm like, I'm not
2: memorizing your fucking names. I'm not playing your game. Um, but, Texaco Bitches is awesome. I just fucking hate the name of it. Right. But this album wow. definitely holds up.
1: I think even, it's so Even great. Water in Hell is like, baby yeah. kind of jam. The yeah. shuckin' jive, the shuckin' jive is over. That's yeah. a Brendan song, and I still dig the fuck out of that, you know? Yeah. like uh. um, I, f-
2: I feel like this is a more, I mean, all of their albums are very emotional, but I feel like this one was so emotional that it's like, just hits you right where, like, it's so good. Like, well, like, like, I've been there, I've thought that, or I'm sorry that you gotta go
0: through that. Right,
1: <laughs> right, right. And I feel like the biggest thing is that I feel like you forgot it, and people still very, them very much playing in the indie rock idiom, yeah. forgiveness rock record gives you what you want. It's basically pop songs. They're indie pop yeah. songs, but it's pop songs straight up and down yeah. of different flavors and varieties and styles. And I think critically, it's a little bit slept on. People still think of You Forgot It in People as their like biggest artistic statement because it is darker and artier yeah, and crazier. I, don't, I, don't, but I, like,
0: I feel like people are like, oh, it's too accessible, which, which like, fuck you. If that's a thing, right, you which, have... Uh, forgiveness Rock okay, Yeah, they think it's too accessible. It's too pop, and I just, I just don't understand. Show
2: me your examples. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: thinking, thinking about that. Like, why can't you just listen to the songs and enjoy them? Yeah. right.
1: And I, I think that ultimately, because we've been talking for the band about for close to an hour now okay. at this point, and personally for me, if it was up to me to do that number one, number two ranking, like I think again, I'll, don't get me wrong. We're talking about masterpieces at right. this point. Now we really, really are. And it's not the popular opinion, but Forgiveness Rock Record is so easily my number one. And I love the fuck out of You Forgot It in People and all the dark, arty places Ghosts, But something about the fact that I know every single song of Forgiveness Rock Record, like every single song is so distinct and unique and speaks to a different thing and works. Yeah. It just is stunning. I can't believe they pulled that off that late in their career. That's just me. That's my vote. Carla, you're the guest. The sweet, sweet guest. (sighs) Man, I
2: knew this was going to happen. I knew that you were going to, like, make me change my opinion. I'm going to go the opposite route. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's cliche and easier to say. But you forgot it in people is still just my go-to. And I I, I love what you said right now about, like, Masterpiece and how that's Forgiveness Rock record and, like, how much you hold in esteem. But, like, for me, there's something, like, if you put them next to me, like, if you put them up to me you're like, which one do you want to listen to? I'm always going to do You Forgetting People. Okay. And it's just it's just such a feel-good record. And maybe a part of it is nostalgia and whatever. Um, You totally fucked in my head right now with the masterpiece thing. Because like, now I'm thinking about that aspect where I was just thinking about my favorites. But yeah. I think I'm going to stick with my choice. And it's You Forgetting People.
1: Okay. And that's awesome. That's okay, I forgot. And that's great. Oh, yeah. Because now with you and I on different sides of the fence, yeah. Taryn O'Reilly yes, comes yes, in yes. with the clutch, and I don't think, I don't know which way it's gonna go. Walk us through your thought process, Taryn. I wanna know. <clears throat> We've laid out our cases. Our great cases. Walk us through your thought process. You don't have to come to a decision. Just walk us through your thought process. I mean, okay.
0: Because I'm oh, when I'm looking at Forgiveness
1: Rock record, there's just so many of
0: my like favorite songs of all time. And that's the thing is like... Are there ones I we think, haven't
1: mentioned on here?
0: I think... <laughs> Um, oh, and, and our house director is probably oh, the only d- d- one d- that we haven't. Oh, <laughs> even like forced to love though. Yeah. It's and so like bad. the riffs on that. <laughs> yeah. And like.
1: And the, it builds that chorus. I, oh,
0: I hated oh. the lyrics of Ungrateful Little Father, but yeah. I like it anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, <sighs> <laughs> you know, I honestly, I'm going to surprise myself a lot right now okay and Ooh, say that shit, forgiveness rock record is my favorite broken social scene record but i think that you forgot it in people is a better album and i think that unfortunately part of it is that in forgiveness rock record they were really focusing on writing songs and that left room for more very prominent questionable lyrics and i that's just not a thing on You Forgot It in People. I'm I sorry, you're
1: gonna say I'm still your fag doesn't have questionable lyrics in it? Whatever. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can't whatever it is part of the album. You forgot it in people. <laughs> you forgot it in People is just such an incredible, straight through listening experience, top to bottom. Just great song after great song. Forgiveness Rock Record is also that same thing, but I get distracted. it has little tiny details that I don't like as much Mm -hmm. and so that even though I think that Forgiveness Rock Record has more songs on it that are my favorites I just You Forgotten People is a slightly better listening experience and if we're looking at albums that's where I have to go
1: alright well I'm disappointed in all like, of you.
0: Fuck you, you both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, at the same time, we are pitting I literally to, made that yeah. decision right now. Right, I was going I to go with awesome. Forgiveness yeah, Rock yeah, Record, man. and yeah. I changed my mind. So for the record, we all know what the real ranking is. Forgiveness Rock Record is badass and should be considered one of their greatest <laughs> achievements of all time. Uh, but I, guess I definitely
0: what, think that Forgiveness Rock Record should be considered one of the best albums of this decade, and it pisses yeah. me off that it isn't. It right. pisses me off that it's slept on so much
1: but you still can't beat that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Play us, hate us to the left. Yeah. All right, so guys, listen, we did it. We ranked it. We're good. So number five, Feel Good Lost. Number four, Broken Social Scene. Number three, Hug of Thunder. I think that's appropriate, honestly. Number two, Forgiveness Rock Record, and the number one Broken Social Scene album, Beehives. Guys, it's great. It's about (laughs) me. I love it. Dada, Hallmark, all the songs. It's so good. Uh, Number one, is you forgot it. And people, and guys... Oh, we did it! We ranked all their albums, but as we know, we haven't even talked about what's on B sides. We haven't even uh, B hides. God, I keep saying B sides. Fuck you, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even talked about all their other crazy shit, or my interviews, or anything else with them, or the worst song. We're gonna get into it. Uh, in the meantime, though, Carlo.
2: Yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. This was awesome. I had so much fun. Yeah. Um, Like this was a really great experience. It was Uh, a great debate. Enjoy your interpretive (laughs) dance, and I enjoy uh, all of Evan (laughs) acting out his like air guitar, air horn. All of yeah. We we did did a
0: lot of riffs. Can can I? Can I do
2: like? let's do this again and then I'm going to do like a visual just podcast vi- with no audio. Again, premium subscribers. Oh, no audio? Okay,
1: premium subscribers. <laughs> you can see Carlos edit. Yeah. Uh, remember our <laughs> membership is $1,000 a month. We right. don't really do anything right. for like three months out of it but it's worth it. You get the archives, you get the back episodes, uh, you get the behind the scenes yeah. uh, you know, sex vids. It's great. Yeah. So uh, all whoa, this Whoa, stuff. Whoa. <laughs> whoa, whoa. wait. Slow down. Flag on the plate. Are
0: we Kardashians
1: <laughs> now? Yeah. What's happening? No, we're Kardashian. Cart- Oh, I, uh, I hate myself for that. It's so bad. But guys, listen. Uh, please do us a favor and ignore that what I just said. And please <laughs> yeah, rate us, us on iTunes <laughs> and uh, find us on Stitcher and do all the stuff. Just please post and share. Uh, we love it when other people get into it because, like, man, the comments are great. I uh, comment on our Facebook as well. Send us an
0: email. Oh, we th- love those. They're so rare <laughs> and they're so great. I know
1: we've gotten a very interesting set of emails, and we'll talk about that. In the meantime, our happy hour minisodes right after this. Thank you so much for listening. Keep on listening. You know that will be have a good one guys goodbye
0: yeah. alright
1: we will talk We're about it in happy drive. hour minisode okay. I'm making a note here happy hour minisode worthy is what it is so that is uh, there we go oh no I forgot the wrong thing I'm going to cut all this part either later what fart 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 okay
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you just created our fucking tag. I think you just did it. No,
1: all right. <laughs>